Please remain standing. Tonight, I would like to direct your attention to Isaiah 63, verse 1 to 6. Isaiah 63, verse 1 to 6. This is a marvelous vision that Isaiah saw at the time that he was desperate concerning the condition of the people of Israel. Who is this who comes from Edom in crimson garments from Basra? He who is splendid in his apparel, marching in the greatness of his strength. It is I speaking in righteousness, mighty to save. Why is your apparel red and your garments like his who treads in the winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone, and from the peoples no one was with me. I trod them in my anger and trampled them in my wrath. Their lifeblood spattered on my garments and stained all my apparel. For the day of vengeance was in my heart and my year of redemption had come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled, but there was no one to uphold. So my own arm brought me salvation, and my wrath upheld me. I trampled down the peoples in my anger. I made them drunk in my wrath. And I poured out their lifeblood on the earth. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, tonight we ask you to bring heaven down to us through the proclamation of your word. Through the preaching of your word we pray that you would help us to see more of Christ, more of his glory, more of his majesty in the pages of the scripture. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. In uh, studying and understanding the core message or lesson of a portion of the scripture that you study. It is so vital to first understand and know the context of the entire part of the section that you are studying or considering. Chapter 62 and 63 of the book of Isaiah are very much connected to one another. 
And for you to understand what we, ha- what we have here in Isaiah 63, 1-6, we first need to recall to remember what happened previously. In chapter 62, the prophet Isaiah was facing the desperate condition of Israel in his own day and in his own time. You remember how the people were feeling about their own condition in chapter 62, verse 1, shall, verse 4, he shall no more be termed forsaken, so they were feeling being forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate, barren, or ruined. That's how they were feeling in chapter 62. That was a challenge for the prophet Isaiah. That desperate condition, spiritual condition of the people of Israel. And remember what God did through Isaiah. God compelled the prophet Isaiah to call upon the people to do two things, to pray and to get to work. Knowing that God was on their side, God is always on the side of his people. God compelled the prophet Isaiah to encourage the people of Israel to pray. You remember what Isaiah tells us in verse 6, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all the day and all night. They shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. Don't give God rest. Keep praying. Pray without ceasing until God establish his purposes for Jerusalem. It was then, you see, brothers and sisters in Christ, that Isaiah saw this marvelous and extraordinary vision in chapter 63. The vision came as Isaiah and the people were praying and working. Praying means waiting upon the Lord. As they were waiting upon the Lord for God to answer their prayers, for God to intervene in their desperate condition, then Isaiah saw this vision. It was a vision that God gave to Isaiah in order to encourage the prophet and then through the prophet, the people of Israel. We all need an encouragement like this. Especially when we face 
desperate circumstances in our Christian life individually, even as the church of Jesus Christ, we, we all need an encouragement like this. This vision was a glimpse, a partial part of the ultimate victory that is awaiting for God's people in the future. When Jesus comes back in glory. But this is the foretest, the glimpse of that ultimate fulfillment of God's purposes in the life and in the journey of his people. You see, we all need this encouragement. We will never press on without such an encouragement from God. And the lesson I want us to take tonight is this. The Messiah, Jesus Christ, comes to his people as a mighty, as 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 mighty to save and to judge. You see, the problem that we have as God's people, not always, but from time to time, is we tend to forget that Jesus Christ is both the Savior and the judge. We sometimes forget that salvation, redemption, and judgment, they always go together. One day, Jesus will return in glory to destroy his enemies and to destroy our enemies once for all. You see, this morning in Sunday school, we learned it. It is Jesus, not the leader of any nation or the, you know, the president of America, but Jesus. It is Jesus who holds the whole world, including his church, in his right hand. He's the one who controls. He's the one who judges. He's the one who rules. So you and I need to know Jesus, not merely as a Savior, kind, gentle, humble Savior, but also as a king, as a judge. He comes to save and to destroy, to judge. And I want us to consider this under three points from our text. First, I want us to consider the vision in verse 1, and then the question that the prophet asks, and then the answer that the one who comes to Isaiah through this vision gives. The vision. Who is this who comes from Edom in crimsoned garments from Basra? He who is splendid in his apparel, marching in the greatness of his strength. You see the vision. It was extraordinary. It was amazing. Isaiah suddenly, now remember, Isaiah and the people are praying. They are working, worshiping, serving God, 
but praying, waiting upon the Lord. Now Isaiah saw this vision. And the vision was, he saw a man coming toward him. A man who was, a, who was mighty, a warrior, a fighter, who, who has been in a battle and returning after winning victory. He comes in that way and draws the attention of the prophet greatly. Isaiah suddenly saw this man coming toward him. And he looked like a man who has been in a battle. Because his garments were stained by blood. But he was not timid. He was not suffering. He was not in pain. He was mighty, mighty to save. And Isaiah saw this man coming from Edom. Edom in the scripture is always used to signify and represent the powers that opposes God's people. Edom originally comes from Esau. The Edomites are the perpetual enemies of the people of Israel. You remember, you know, every time that the people of Israel tried to enter to Canaan, the promised land, the Edomites always would try to stop them, hinder them. Adam represents all the enemies of the people of God. But Edomites also represents the enemies that opposes the Lord Jesus Christ. Read the book of Acts chapter 12. You will see James being murdered. You will see Peter being arrested, imprisoned. You will see the believers being scattered because of persecution. Edom was so angry toward the church and Edom persecuted the church of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing, this man, a warrior? Victor was coming from Edom. He was telling the prophet, I was in Edom. I just destroyed my enemies and the enemies of my people. And I am here with victory for my people. Imagine you praying, waiting upon the Lord. And Isaiah tells you, victory is ours. I just saw a vision. The Son of God just appeared to me as a warrior. Victory is ours. Victory is ours. Don't you need an encouragement like this in your Christian life? Now notice what happened. Isaiah, the moment he saw the vision, this majestic vision, a man 
with glory and might. A warrior coming from Edom. The first thing he did was, who is this who comes from Edom? The first thing he did was, he asked a question. Lesson for all of us. If you don't understand, if you don't understand anything in the scripture, don't speculate. Don't come up with your own interpretation. Ask. Ask man who knows better than you. But go to the word of God. Search the scriptures. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the mystery that you read in the scripture. You hear from the pulpit. Ask. Ask. He was so wise. Isaiah was so wise when he saw the vision. He didn't make his own conclusion. If only, you know, people in the Old Testament and the New Testament to oppose it, the Messiah came to God and asked him, who is the Messiah? If they would only come and ask. You know what they did when, when they saw Jesus? What they did was, some of them, they called him a blasphemer. Some of them, they called him demon-possessed man. Some of them, they called him a lunatic, insane. They said he has evil spirit in him. He's blaspheming. He's claiming to be God. Let's kill him. They killed him. Because they didn't ask. They didn't come to God and ask, show us the Messiah. Who is this Messiah? We, we want to know him. And we want you, God, to tell us who the Messiah is. They didn't do that. They didn't ask. They had their own view of the Messiah. And because they had their own, their, their own, their own view of the Messiah, they murdered him. They crucified him. You see, that's the reason why the scripture says, if they knew who Jesus was, they would never crucify him. They would bow down and worship him. So the lesson, you see, for you and I is, ask. Ask. Isaiah asked, who is this? As if he was saying, Lord I want to know who this person is. I want to know why he's coming from Edom. Basra is the capital city of Edom. So he was in a battle against his kingdom and his people. He won victory. You know, I, you know, Isaiah was seen to a distant future, in a sense. He was seen what will happen when the Messiah comes back in glory. But also what the Messiah is doing right now. So notice now the answer. With this who comes from Edom. 
in crimson garments from Basra, he who is splendid in his apparel, marching in the greatness of his strength. Who is this? Now the man himself is speaking. Who is this man? Jesus, the second person of Trinity, the Messiah, is speaking to Isaiah. It is I. Let's stop there. It is I. You know, every time you hear the word I in the scripture, it is God's covenantal name. Moses asked God in the book of Exodus 3:14, I will go to Egypt. I will tell Pharaoh to let your people go. Your people will ask me, who sent me? What should I tell them? And God told Moses, I am who I am. Tell them, I am has sent me to you. I. You know, in the New Testament, when the disciples were afraid, when they were troubled, you know, because of the storm, because of the wind. Jesus always would tell them, do not be afraid, it is I. It is the same here, you see, God's covenantal name. It is I. This is God. The self-existent, self-sufficient, all-powerful God. Isaiah, it is I. It is your God. It is I. Speaking in righteousness, mighty to save. You see what the Messiah was telling Isaiah? I want you to know and I want you to tell my people, I want victory, and I have come to my people, and I am for righteousness. I am about righteousness. I speak righteousness, I teach righteousness, and I give righteousness as a gift. You see, that's the reason why Paul in 1 Corinthians 1.30 tells us, and because of him, you are in Christ. In Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Jesus became for us what? Righteousness. And here Jesus is telling Isaiah, I speak righteousness. I am about righteousness. I give righteousness. I teach righteousness. In the book of Galatians and Romans, Paul tells us that righteousness is a gift from God and righteousness came to us in Christ Jesus, through Jesus Christ. And here, the Messiah is telling Isaiah, it is I, God, speaking in righteousness and mighty to save. Mighty to save. Do you know how people were confused when Jesus came to the world and he started his earthly ministry. First, he was born in a manger. He was born from a virgin. And then he had no house. He had no place, no possession at all. 
the way people described him was poor. He had nothing. And then Isaiah 53, he was despised, he was rejected. Like a sheep, they captured him, they seized him, and they slaughtered him. Do you see any might in there? Any power? Does that look like Jesus is a victor? No. In fact, that's why they crucified him. Because he was not the kind of Messiah that they were expecting. Their expectation was for him to come and wage war against the Romans, remove them, and then exalt the nation Israel. Not die on the cross. On a place, in the place of thieves and murderers. But then, brothers and sisters in Christ, on the third day, he died on the cross and then he was buried. On the third day, he rose from the dead. He broke the grave. He defeated the power of death and hell. That's why you see, he's telling Isaiah, I, it is I speaking in righteousness. Justice belongs to me. Righteousness belongs to me. Peace with God comes through me, from me. But I'm also mighty to save. I came not only to give physical deliverance to people, but spiritual deliverance, righteousness, forgiveness, mighty to save. Listen to Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 5. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? And the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Judgment. The death of a Savior on the cross for the victory of God's people. Oh, Des, where is your victory? Where is your sting? Thanks be to God who gives us what? Victory. Mighty to save. Mighty to save. Not just physical deliverance from slavery in Egypt and Babylon. You know, those, those deliverances points us to the greater deliverance from the power of sin. Egypt symbolizes for us 
what? Sin. The power of sin. Babylon, the same. Edom, the same. Isaiah wants us to go beyond of the history of God's people and see the redemptive history of God's people through the Messiah, through Jesus. No one can stop him from saving dead and hostile, rebellious sinners. Listen to what he told Isaiah. Why is your apparel red? Why do I see blood in your garments? What's going on? And your garments like, he, like his who treads in wine press. And then Jesus told him, the Messiah told him, I have trodden the winepress alone, and from the peoples no one was with me. I trod them in my anger and trampled them in my wrath. Their lifeblood spattered on my garments and stained all my apparel. For the day of vengeance was in my heart, and my year of redemption had come. Now listen to this. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled, but there was no one to uphold. What, what, is, what is he telling him? This is what he's telling him. Isaiah, I want you to know, and I want you to tell the people of Israel, I completed their salvation alone. I don't need the help of anyone to save my people. Salvation, redemption from the beginning to the end is my work. No one helped me. In fact, everyone left me. Everyone abandoned me. You remember Jesus telling his disciples, the day is coming, the time is coming, that you all will fall. Flee, you will leave me. And at Gethsemane, when the Roman soldiers came, all the disciples left him. He, he alone went to Calvary to the cross to die for his people. And now he's telling Isaiah, I looked around, there was no one, no one to help. The lesson here is salvation is by grace and through faith in Christ alone. It is the work of God from the beginning to the end. The Messiah is telling Isaiah, it's my work. Listen to what he told him. He told him this, my own arm brought me salvation and my wrath upheld me. You see, blood Isaiah, I died on the cross. I shed blood on behalf of my people. Not only that, you see blood, I also destroyed my enemies. That is coming. That is coming. But you see, God was telling Isaiah, Jesus was telling Isaiah, it is I, only I, who saves. I don't need help from anyone. 
you, you remember how God converted the Apostle Paul. You remember how God converted the Samaritan women. In your lifetime, you have seen how God converted drug-addicted people. Maybe some of you, you have family members who have been converted by the power of God. I know a number of men and women who have been homosexuals and got converted by God's power. You see, Jesus is telling Isaiah, if I want to save anyone, no one can stop me. My own arm has brought salvation to me. And imagine how this would encourage Isaiah and the people of Israel through Isaiah. Let's pray. Let's keep praying. Let's press on. His, his own arm will bring salvation to his people. And then we come to the judgment. Listen to what the Messiah told Isaiah in this vision. For the day of vengeance was in my heart, and my year of redemption had come. And then verse 6, I trembled down the people in my anger. I made them drunk in my wrath, and I poured out their lifeblood on the earth. So the picture that we have about Jesus Jesus is humble, he's loving, he's kind. And all are true. But we also need to know Jesus as the king, as the judge. If that's not the case, why do we even pray that kingdom come? You know, every time you pray, thy kingdom come, in a sense you are praying, may your enemies and the enemies of the church be destroyed. If his kingdom comes, the kingdom of Edom will be destroyed. Do you know Jesus in this way? Do you know Jesus as, as king, as judge? Do you, do you always see salvation and judgment, you know, going, going together. In Revelation 19, that's what we see. It's, it's, it's an amazing picture that we have in Revelation 19. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. This is the victor. This is not the one who merely washes the feet of his disciples. One who goes from one city to another city to heal the sick. No, this is also the king. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. No more donkey. 
now white horse. This is for king. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, you see, he told Isaiah, I speak righteousness. In righteousness, he judges and makes what? War. Against his people. Against the enemies of his people. He wages war. He's a warrior. A fighter. On behalf of his people. Don't don't ever think that I fight for you as a pastor or Ben fight for you as, as an elder. We pray for you. But we all have one, his name is Jesus, who fights for us, who fights on our behalf. Makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire. This is not toward his people, this is toward his enemies. See the picture. And on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows. That's why Isaiah asked it. You know, every time I read this scripture, I ask one question all the time. What does this mean for me? What does this mean for the people whom I serve? I always ask that question. Because we don't know everything. A name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe, dripped in blood. The blood that he shed on the cross. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on a white horse's. From his mouth comes a sharp sword when, with which to strike down the nations. That day is coming. All the nations who oppose Christ will be destroyed. He holds a, a sword to save and to destroy. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. Not just a savior. Not just a lamb. But the lion of Judah. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. When, they, when, they, when this day comes, every eye, whether they like it or not, every eye will see him. Look at him. You and I, we rejoice. Because you and I, we're not going to see flaming fire coming toward us, but we'll see his arms coming toward us to embrace us, to gather us. But his enemies will see the flaming of fire 
and a sword. And remember what they're going to do. They will go to the mountains and they will beg the mountains to hide them, but there will not be any place for them to hide. He will destroy them. Do we want to see anyone being destroyed by this king? No. As far as we are concerned, what do we do? We pray. We pray for the conversion of the enemies of God, the enemies of the church. We always pray. In our prayer list every week, we have one prayer item. We pray for the conversion of sinners. But that is, going to is not going to change. What will come on the enemies of God and his people on the last day? He will destroy. He will save and he will destroy. You see, the Jesus that you see tonight is the Jesus who is love, who is kindness, who is gentle, loving, but also the Jesus who is King and Lord. One who saves and one who judges. And Isaiah wants us to know Jesus in this way. That's why God gave this vision to Isaiah for encouragement. We have the scripture in our hand to teach us what God requires of us. To teach us the way of salvation. But we have the scripture in our hand for our encouragement. And tonight, leave this place with this encouragement. Jesus is on our side. So let's pray. And let's work. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, thank you for this marvelous vision that Isaiah saw. We know that we now have the scripture, the word of God. And Jesus is clearly manifested to us in the scripture. We see him. We hear him. We hear him speaking righteousness to us. We hear him as mighty to save. So help us to be encouraged tonight as your people. To press on, to pray, to wait upon you. Knowing that this Jesus, who is the Savior and the King, is on our side. In his name we pray. Amen.